Welcome to the I Am Moving Through It podcast. I am your guide, Joanna Sanchez, a loud and proud dancing queen, spiritual junkie, and life and embodiment coach. My purpose here is to teach you how to do the inner work and explore the depths of your beautiful body, which is where your soul resides and where all your answers live. No matter what challenge you may face on your healing journey, The words, I am moving through it, are here to remind you that you are overcoming every obstacle day by day and moving forward towards becoming who you came here to be. May each episode on this podcast serve as an activation within you that helps you grow, heal, and transform into the beautiful being that you are. So go ahead, grab some cacao, get cozy, and let's vibe. I love you so, so much, and I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm so excited for this podcast episode to bring the amazing Mandy Rose. What's up, Mandy? Hi, everyone. I'm so honored. So excited to be here. Every time we get to chit chat, it is a vibe. So everyone buckle up. (laughs) You got two Virgos up in the house. (laughs) Two Virgos and two Cancer Moons. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, and if you don't know what that is, don't worry. That's exactly what this podcast is about. (laughs) So Mandy, Mandy and I, we met, when did we meet? Back in like the Perium days? Right. Oh my gosh. We met years ago. I want to say probably 2017, 2018. Yeah. Oh my God. It's been so long. It's like six years now. I know. That's crazy. I feel like Mandy, like you've always just been somebody that's kind of like, you know, we're not like super close, but you've always been like such, you've been in my life. You've been in my field for a while, you know? And I feel like it's just super cool to like reconnect. And um, Mandy and I recently reconnected on, I wanted to get my birth chart read. I heard Mandy was amazing from so many people. And I mean, I've already known that from just knowing you. So I was like, I need to get my birth chart read by Mandy. So I did recently and it really inspired this podcast here to bring Mandy on so that other women can understand and you guys listening, you women listening (laughs) can understand what this, what this all means, what astrology is, birth chart readings, like all these like spiritual words that some people use and they're like, what the, what the hell is this? You know? (laughs) Yes. And I think with astrology, there are so many misconceptions, you know, that it's, it is very popular and it's growing and I love that. So I'm honored to be here today and to help people make sense of what it is and how it can actually help us live a fulfilling life, help us embody our soul's true essence, because trust me, your birth chart is your personal instruction manual. It has so many hacks and tips and tricks in it and will take you a lifetime to go through, but (laughs) It's there for you to use. So I'm just the messenger. Yes, I love it. I love it. So Mandy, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into astrology. So I have always been interested in astrology. Ever since I was a child, I would get all the books. I'd always read my horoscopes. And I think it's, I'm just very interested in human connection and personal development. And astrology was like one of those tools that allowed me to better understand others, right? Like I would be like, oh, they're a Taurus. So they're this, this, and that. Right. And I would ask people what their sun sign is. And I just love to connect. And I was also the girl in like Cosmo girl magazine and all like the 17 magazine doing all the quizzes, right. All the personality quizzes, because I just wanted to understand myself better. And so always interested in astrology, but I didn't realize like the layers and the depths of it, because I didn't truly study it, right? Like most of us just read our sun sign horoscope and that's kind of enough. And so I went to college. I got my bachelor in psychology, truly interested in helping people change their lives. I wanted to work primarily in um, like criminal justice arenas, doing like forensic psychologies with people with, you know, personality disorders, like the really deep, heavy stuff. I've just always been drawn to like the really big ways in which I could help someone transform their lives. But by the time I graduated, I was only 22 years old, very young. I had not lived life yet. So I moved to Florida and kind of started my like young fun days. And I started bartending, working on the beach, went to school for cosmetology in the beauty industry. And I've always just been drawn to industries that help women, you know, like help women feel beautiful, help women mentally, spiritually, physically. I then realize that beauty is just the surface. And most people were coming in for facials because they had acne, they had different skin issues. And I was like, it's deeper than that, right? So I went to become a health coach, 
personal trainer. We did all the internal stuff. And then even though I was a health coach and I was extremely healthy, I got really sick. I got really sick with mold toxicity. And so I went from vibrant, healthy, all this muscle mass, doing amazing in my career in the beauty industry and as a health coach to one day waking up and just having immense anxiety, losing weight, losing muscle mass. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And six months later, realized it was mold toxicity mm -hmm. and it was dark. I mean, I couldn't walk. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't listen to music. It was like my nervous system was so overstimulated and so sensitive that I literally could just lay on the couch all day long. And through that, I had to dive deeper into the spiritual side of what the heck was going on with me, right? Like mm -hmm. there was pieces of my life that were super unfulfilling. I was giving to everyone else. I had to go deep. I had to start getting into gratitude and journaling and, and assessing like, how the hell did I land here? What happened to me? And so I ended up going away on a healing journey um, to my home country of Germany. And right before I came back, my husband left me just like dipped out, never saw him again. Um, I was sick and I wasn't fun anymore. Right. And for him, it just like, wasn't the life he wanted to live. And so very, very dark space in my life where I was physically unwell. My marriage was ending. I was going through my Saturn return. So in astrology, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Don't get married before you. your Saturn return. Don't get married before your Saturn return. <laughs> you will become a different person in that process. Joe is going through it right oh, now. God. Like an up level, like you grow <laughs> as a human, you step into your authority and your power. Like it's an amazing transformation, but I didn't understand it fully. So at that moment, I went back to astrology. I was like, there's got to be something in the stars. Like there, there's got to be an explanation, right? I have to make sense of this chaos. And so I started opening my birth chart and reading my birth chart. And then as I was doing that, the people around me were like, oh, can you read my chart? And Joa, you were actually one of them. Remember we were going out, like we would be in the Uber going out at night. I know Joa talks about her party girl stories, <laughs> right? I was in that phase with her. Yeah, like, we were in that phase together. I was getting out of this marriage. I was trying to live my best life. I was healthy-ish, getting healthy. And I didn't drink at the time, but I was going out with these girls. Like we were going to vibe. Oh my God, we... I remember this. I literally just had a vision of this. We were in the, I was in the back seat. You were in the passenger seat. I remember this. Oh we my were God. in an Uber going out to a club and I had your birth chart pulled up on my phone and I just started telling you stuff about yourself. Right? It was like a very informal birth chart analysis. But I was doing this for all these people around me. And in that- all of a sudden, I remember doing a specific like reading for someone, right? It wasn't like professional, but I was just reading them. And it was like an hour went by and I couldn't remember anything I said. I was like, what just happened? I like have no idea what I said. And they were like, wow, like, I can't believe you know all that about me. And I realized that I had been channeled. It was like this moment. I still get goosebumps when I think about I got it. goosebumps just now. My, my gifts just opened up. I was like, Oh my God, what is this? And, and all this stuff about astrology, you can learn if you go to an astrology school, right? Like you can learn about where Mars is and the sun cycles. And like, that's all the facts thanks to astronomy. But what I was getting channeled was so much deeper than that. Like I never did a formal astrology school. Like I didn't even know how I knew all this stuff. And so through working with past life regressionists and others, I realized that in past and previous lifetimes, I could understand the language of the stars. And it was through my Saturn return, this dark night of the soul being super sick, my husband leaving me and like the calling to look to the universe for my answers that like all these gifts started flooding in. Oof. And so I, at that moment, I was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't even know how to move forward. And so through that, I just started journaling Every moon cycle would come along. I'd take notes. I'd start talking about astrology. And a year later, I created my astrology retrograde journal. And that was such a, like my soul on paper where I just like made journal prompts and moon ritual ideas, explain what each new and full moon means, teach you the lessons of the retrograde. And that just solidified for me, like this is where I'm supposed to be in life. And the lens that I decided to take was relational astrology, because again, it goes back to me loving to form connection and relationships with people and also help others have amazing relationships with the one with their self being the primary focus, right? Mm. And so now my readings look so different because it's not just like, 
Mars and this and moon and that. It's like, I actually channel during my readings and it's so beautiful because I can open your birth chart and read it for five hours. Like there's so much facts in there, but when I have an hour and a half with somebody, it's my guides that tell me what you need to hear right now and mm. examples in which you're going to understand it. And so that leads me to today. And, <laughs> you know, I still do the beauty stuff. I still do the health coaching stuff, but thank God for social media and the expanding consciousness of humanity that people are more open to astrology than ever before, because now like you said earlier, it's not so woo-woo, like people are open-minded to it. And I get mm -hmm. to like really use my soul gifts and um, connect with others in that way. Ugh, what a beautiful story, especially like my favorite part of that all was how uh, when you were in the darkest time of your life, that is when your true gifts started to come apparent to you. You know what I mean? I feel like that's such a beautiful lesson in that because a lot of people don't realize that like, those darker moments and the Saturn return and all of that, which we'll talk about, those are the moments where you really, like, you're really forced to trust. You're really forced to like be put on a path where your gifts will be activated. And that's so beautiful that you were able to have that. It's almost like a butterfly, right? You were like in that metamorphosis and you came out and you're like, astrology is my gift. Like I'm here, even though all this shit sucked and my health sucked and my husband left me and all of these things, like I came out on top and that right there is so fucking powerful. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that really does have to get knocked to my knees <laughs> to listen. <laughs> you know, I just am. I feel like I have all the answers. I'm a Virgo. Like I can do anything myself. Right. And I think a lot of women are like that. Very independent. I got this. And so the only way I was going to get that message from the universe is if I was physically unable to move. Right. And occupy my mind and work 50 hours a week. I was like not occupied with my husband and trying to people please and live my life for him. Like I had to get knocked down to my knees for God to be like, listen, girl, like this is your gift. So, Ugh, you know, yeah. that channeling that people always like seek, you know, I want to be medium. I want to channel. I want to have these like beautiful gifts. Like I didn't even believe that that was possible for me. Like I was just like, eh, I'm not psychic. I'm not energetically sensitive. But like when it happened, it, it was just like, this is so real. This is so obvious. So if you're someone listening that you're like, wait, I want to be able to do that. Your gift will come to you and in whatever unique way it's meant for you. But um, I didn't think it was a thing that I'd ever be able to do. It took me till I was 33 years old. Okay. This did not happen in my twenties. Like I was, I was pretty grown. I had a whole life going on and then mm. this happened. So you're never uh, too old. <laughs> absolutely. I love that you said that. Cause I feel like a lot of the women listening, you know, they, they're like, they're getting into their thirties and like, Oh my God, like I'm old. Like I should be having kids and this, and I don't even know what my purpose is. And it's like, dude, like no one really knows what the fuck they're doing until you're in your thirties or even later than that. Like I met a woman recently that she's about to be 60 and she had just had her awakening. So it's like, yes. you know what I mean? Like you never know. So Okay. It's so not too late. <laughs> yeah. Never, never too late. So my question for you in the simplest terms, what is astrology? <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's so many different ways that you can go talking about astrology. So I'm going to kind of give you the way in which I see it because I am very science-based and I'm also like very believing in energy. So this is kind of how I compartmentalize it. We know thanks to astronomy, where all the planets are going to be at a specific date and time, right? We could fast forward 20 years and we know what eclipses are going to happen. We could go back in time and know where the sun was. And so thanks to astronomy, we already have these validations, if you will, where planets are going to be at specific times. When we talk about astrology, what we're essentially doing is bringing in the energetic component of archetypes and literally past history, what has told us has happened, right? A lot of this is evidence-based, you know? I'll give you one example of what that means is most coronations for royal families um, happen around eclipses. Eclipses are big times where like power or control is handed over. And so we look back in history and we can see that like most transfer of power happened around eclipses. That's a testimonial and it still continues to be true today. We had the eclipse on May 5th and that was the day where we had the new king crowned in England, right? These royal families practice astrology. There's also in royal families and wealthy families, they will specifically schedule C-sections for their children to be born on specific dates and times to be born under certain alignments and certain placements. Like this is very like 
documented. You can go back and look at this. So what we're doing with astrology is we're essentially looking at the energetic component of where these planets are in the sky. Now, I know that can be very woo-woo for people, so I'm going to break it down like this. <laughs> we know that when we go outside, energetically speaking, and you feel the sun hit your skin, you feel the energy of the sun. It's hot, it's vibrant, it makes you feel some type of way. And on a chemical reaction level, it is causing chemical reactions in the body to build vitamin D, which is a hormone, which makes your brain chemistry improve, right? That's energy. The sun does that. We can also agree that the moon causes energy transfer on the planet because of the tides, right? The water tides are all affected by the gravity of the moon. So if the sun and if the moon are able to influence us energetically here on earth, why can't the other planets? Why can't the stars, right? It's all a transfer and a balance of energy. So going back in history, way, way back, imagine a time where there were no street lights, there were no house lights, there was no lights. And you come outside your little yurt or tent or hut or cave and all you could see was the stars every single night and so our ancestors would look up at the stars and they would see images right the archetypes we'd see the bull of taurus we'd see the scorpion of scorpio we would see these constellations and they became kind of these archetypes or images and when they would see the sun passing through these constellations, they would take note of what they would feel or what was going on in society. And that was the beginning of the recording of astrology. And there was a period in time where medical doctors in the 1500s had to be certified in astrology to practice medically because ask any nurse or doctor in the ER, it is freaking crazy around full moons, right? The body is affected by the energy of the cosmos. And so now what we're doing in modern day astrology is essentially using it as a tool or a resource to help people better understand themselves. Because when you come earthside and your soul chooses to come here, it has a mission. It has a purpose. We all do. And most of us try to find that purpose by careers or friends or moving or a creative project, right? But your soul already has one that's called your North Node in your birth chart. So we say in astrology that when your soul comes here at the date, place, and time that it chose to enter in this timeline, you're going to come out and you're going to inhale your first breath. And when you inhale that first breath, you are inhaling all the energy of the cosmos, where all the planets were at that exact moment. And that's going to give you your energetic blueprint of how you are going to go and navigate this earth to get mm -hmm. to your north node. And remembering it's just a timeline. So your birth chart is a screenshot of the moment in time, and all those planets continue moving. So we know at age 10, at age 30, you're going to go through a Saturn return. All of this is a trajectory and transits and timelines that we know that at certain points in your life, you have pockets of opportunity. Remembering we always have free will, right? Like we have free will as souls. That's why some of us make it to our North Node and others of us don't. It's on your timeline, but um, your birth chart is going to help give you the cheat sheet route to that. So mm. hopefully that makes sense. I could go into science. I could go into so much more, but it is partially astronomy. And then we take the energetic component. Mm. So beautiful. I'm over here like, cause I've been, I've been wondering, I'm like, how does this all work? Like, I don't know the how and you know, Virgos, right. We're always looking for like the how and the science and how does it merge? So I'm so happy that you did bring all of that in there. Cause that really does make it so much clearer. Oh my God. So cool. <laughs> I love the part of like the ancestors and how they would go out and like, that's how they would document like how they were feeling and like back then I mean like you said there was no technology there was no distraction so they were so in tune and connected to nature and to the stars and to the energetics and planets so that's really freaking cool that it's been for it's been a while since this has been around yeah they didn't have electronics and wi-fi and things like knocking them out of their own energetic yep. field so they were Girl. just so in tune to everything that was going on and you know we even talk about eclipses today being moments of like volatility and chaos and we can feel a little weird around eclipses so I would say think of our ancestors imagine every single night you come outside and you see the moon right like there's the moon there's the moon every day it's like your friend and then all of a sudden one day in the middle of the night the moon is blacked out 
like an eclipse. They didn't have astronomy. So they didn't know when that was going to happen. All of a sudden the moon is gone or it would eclipse the sun, right? Middle of your day, all of a sudden the sun is dark. And they would think it was like doom, like the world was over because of this eclipse. And so that created fear and anxiety in our ancestors. And that is passed down through our DNA that to this day, when there's an eclipse coming, ah. we vibrationally in our DNA still hold this subconscious fear or anxiety or worry. And that's why eclipses are moments. We just went through eclipse season where all of us are a little anxious, a little on edge, a little fearful, even though we may not like mentally and our earth humanness understand it, our soul and our DNA remembers like this is wow. times of change. Wow. That's so beautiful how you said that. And then I feel like because we have that unconsciously, like the energy is being put out and then everyone's feeling each other's energy and it just creates more turmoil. <laughs> it's it, Yeah. Eclipse season is nothing to play with. <laughs> yeah. I feel that, but I feel like there's also like, I mean, having that awareness, you get to have a choice, right? It's like, which is beautiful that you said this. Cause I feel like this creates choice now. Like if you're aware that you're unconscious and your soul and like your nervous system is holding on to this fear and anxiety from generational shit from the past, right. From your ancestors, you have the choice to control that chaos, right. You have the choice to be like, it's okay. Like, but let's look at the positive of an eclipse season, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really my goal when I do astrology readings on my YouTube channel, like anything I'm talking about with astrology is about like empowerment. Like now that you're aware that it's Mercury retrograde, we can just make better choices and plan and prepare. And most importantly, learn the lesson we're supposed to be learning every new moon, full moon, retrograde, everything that's going on is just teaching us something. And so once we learn the lesson, we're good. Like we advance on, but if we're not learning the lesson, it's going to come back and it's going to come back. Right. That's what we chose as a soul. So it's great as an empowerment tool, like you said, to really Absolutely. kind of take your life in the direction that you're meant to take it. Not Absolutely. what society tells you. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I wanted to point out too, Aiden, actually, my boyfriend, he said this recently, he's like, millionaires don't use astrology, but billionaires do. Yep. Like, that was by Warren Buffett. And um, there is like a lot of mega major corporations that have on staff astrologers, because we know that human behavior is altered during different seasons. So I work with some business owners to help them launch their business, like optimal prime times. And I've really been talking to a lot of people that March and April of this year were like, it's not time to launch. It's not time to try and make money because everyone is so chaotically busy. This is such a timeline shift. March of 2023 is really like transferring our whole life into a new timeline. And so as people are going through the turmoil and figuring out the chaos in their lives and rearranging everything, people aren't going to be going outwards as much. And so, um, yeah, like it's really helpful from a business perspective when you kind of know what's going on. So you can kind of guide around, even like I said, eclipses, we know that people make rash decisions and they're in fear. So a lot of corporations will go into fear mode in their marketing to ca like, it's crazy. Like it's so crazy. And most people don't even know that this exists. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, I launched on a Mercury retrograde in the past, like in April and March and April, you said, yeah, mm -hmm. I launched and I'm like, I have not never in my life. Have I not gotten one client <laughs> yeah. in two months? And I'm like, what the hell is happening? So it's like, sometimes like my mind, of course, is like, no, it can't be astrology. Like it can't be that. Like, you know, like it, it just can't. And then you, you go through it and you learn about it and you're like, oh my God, it makes all the fucking sense. You I know. know. Even though like, this is like, I get channeled. I know this is real. I'm still a human. And I will be like, nah, that's, that's not going to affect me or that's not going to matter. And then all of a sudden something happens and I'm like, oh, you knew better. You knew better. <laughs> yeah. I really want to go into like some juiciness here into some like deeper, I, I love going into rabbit holes. So let's see. The question that I have is what, what about like, Hmm. Cause we all know God is the creator of the universe, right? So yep. how can we find a balance of connecting to God, but also connecting to astrology without giving all our power to astrology. Cause at the end of the day, we want to give our glory to the creator of the universe. Correct. So yeah, give yes. us, give us some insights on that. 
Ooh, I, I love this question. This is so important because I, I go to church. I, I, God is my creator. I've always been a religious woman and, you know, blending the spiritual spirituality with that has been a little challenging. It's also challenging when I meet other people who are very in their religious, um, you know, era Absolutely. and they, they find out I'm an astrologer and they're just like, ah, ah. she's so, a witch. <laughs> ah. And I'm, but here's the thing, you know, like I said, astrology, you have free will, like we have free will. And so when we are learning about astrology, when there's a new moon, a full moon, like I said, your birth chart, this is not like, there is no prediction. There are no astrologers that are out here predicting the future. And if there is someone out here saying, you're going to get into a car accident on this day, or this is going to happen to you. That is predictive astrology. That is not ethical, in my opinion. And that is where you cross over the line where that person is playing God mm. and they are not God, right? Mm. And so I am not God. I am channeling the message that you're supposed to hear to help support you and assist you. I don't even believe necessarily that God is channeling. I believe it's my higher self talking to your higher self, my angels, my guides, like the ones who are assisting in this earthly experience, right? So when we're looking at the Bible itself, there's a lot of references to astrology, a lot. You know, the three wise men followed the star to find baby Jesus. So they were known as astrologers. There's also, you know, references to eclipses, like in Joel, there is, you know, a whole um, verse on um, the ending of the world coming when we have a blood moon, a red moon. So there's a lot of references to it. And I believe God created the universe, right? It created these ways for us to understand ourselves and to connect with others. So I believe it's more about the way in which you're using astrology. And if you are giving away your power and saying, well, my life is going to shit because it's Mercury retrograde. And it's like, it's going to shit because you're not learning the lesson. You're not doing the human thing you need to do to grow as a soul. Mm. So when I do my readings, some people really try to press for the specifics, like, oh, is it a good day to do this? What's going to happen on this day? You know, like, and I always say, like, listen, I can't tell you exactly how it's going to play out. I'm going to give you a description, an energy that you will be feeling, but I can't tell you what's going to happen. And I think really when we're talking about the Bible, and we're talking about, you know, the devil coming in when we're talking about tarot card readers, mediums, astrologers, it's when those people are playing God. Mm. So I oh. never try to take on the role of that. I'm just the assistance. I'm the messenger. I'm helping you have better relationships by understanding yourself and the people around you. And that's how I kind of make sense of it. Yes. Oh, Mandy, so beautiful. So beautiful. I feel like my heart is like, yes, it's beaming with this right now. Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people can get caught up in is like, okay, well, there's religion, there's spirituality. And like, there, there, I feel like everything is intention, right? Everything. So what is the intention that you're going into astrology with? Are you looking at it as like, oh, this is the entire blueprint of my life. And this is exactly what's going to happen at this moment, like you said. Or are you doing it as an intention, as like a tool, right? Same thing with embodiment, right? Like when you're tuning into your body, when you're moving emotions around, like that is a tool to connect you deeper to yourself, right? You're not yes. in that moment, just channeling God or any of that. Like you're just connecting deeper to yourself, which in turn connects you deeper to your spirit, which God put here on earth to learn, right? Yes. So yes. all of these things are just little skills and tools to learn. I love it. And before we move on from the religion thing, this is how much astrology is connected to Christianity and even the Jewish religion. Easter, every single year changes dates, right? Every year Easter is on a different date. It's not a set date like Christmas. It is always determined by the first full moon of the astrological new year. So we enter the astrological new year on the spring solstice, usually around March 20th. We wait for the first full moon of the new year, the astrological year. And the Sunday following that full moon is always Easter. So how, how is astrology and religion not connected if you're picking the date of Easter based on a full moon? Dude, that's insane to me. I mean, ugh, it's just wild. I mean, another, like, ra another rabbit hole that I can go into, it's like, why is this not talked about in church? Right. You know? So why? You know, that's, that's, we're not even going to go that down that rabbit hole. I'll save that for another podcast. Same part two. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I love going into deep rabbit holes. That's like, that's how I, for me, I feel like I came here to find truth through the deep rabbit hole is like, why, 
And why? And why? And why is it that way? And why is it this way? You know? Yes. But I like to bring it up for awareness because I do get a lot of clients or potential clients that are interested, but they have this guilt, you know, their religion guilt. And so I, I love to bring it up to just be like, listen, it's not this whole thing that you thought it was, right? Absolutely. I feel like that that's a lot of life, right? There's a lot of truth. There's a lot of God's laws and natural laws in the Bible, but they just get so like, they just get so misconstrued and, mm-hmm. you know, people just, just, yeah, I don't even know how the word that I'm looking for, but I feel like people just misconstrue the the laws that are in there and what the truth actually is, you know? Yeah, so exactly. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we brought that up, but I want to ask now, since we've been bringing it up, what is, let's, let's start with the Mercury retrograde because everyone is making fun of this now. It's like up in, like, everyone's like, oh, Mercury's in Gatorade or something, you know? So like, what exactly does that mean? So a planet essentially retrogrades and it's an optical illusion. No planet in the sky actually goes backwards, right? It's always in constant forward motion. But what essentially happens during a retrograde is I use the sun as an example, but the sun and moon can never retrograde. So let's just use the sun for an example. But imagine every day you wake up, you know, the sun rises from the east, sets in the west. Every day you can expect that. But at some point, the earth will tilt and rotate and shift. And from our perspective on earth as an optical illusion, imagine if all of a sudden the sun rose in the west and was going to the east. That's essentially what happens with our planets because they're on a different, you know, cosmic trajectory than our sun and our moon. And so from our perspective on earth, it appears as if the planet is moving backwards. That's the astronomy version of it. Now, from astrology, what we're essentially seeing or saying energetically is a planet goes through a certain constellation. So currently, Mercury is in the energy of Taurus. So every day we were waking up, we saw this, you know, Mercury come in Taurus, one degrees, two degrees, three degrees of Taurus from our perspective on Earth. It got to, you know, 14 degrees and all of a sudden it's going backwards. We come out the next night and it's like, well, why is it back at 12 degrees and 10 degrees? That's the Mercury retrograde. And so essentially the planet that is retrograding will cross over the same part of the sky three times. Once on its forward motion, right? It's regular go around. Then it's going to retrograde or re-go through a portion of the sky backs up. And then it has to continue on its journey and will cross through a third time. So anytime we're talking about a planet retrograde, it's an opportunity for us to go back over something. Think of a retrograde as like redo, reanalyze, reassess, re-understand, like re-anything in your life, depending on the planet, is what we're going to be redoing. And so it's a beautiful course correction moment in our life. And sometimes we just want to keep going and keep going and keep going. But even if you're really good at golf and you can hit a golf ball really far, If you hit that golf ball really far in the wrong direction, you're way off track. And so retrogrades allow us to slow down, go back over something, make sure, redo that we're still on track with what we want. Each planet retrogrades at different lengths. So Mercury's retrograde is three weeks. It's a very short retrograde. And yes, you're right. In pop culture, there's like, ah, it's Mercury retrograde again. My whole life is falling apart. But In reality, energetically speaking, he is the shortest retrograde cycle. It is three weeks and it happens three to four times a year. It happens a lot (laughs) because Mercury as a planet, I consider each of the planets a life coach. So once you follow me and you get to know astrology, we are seeing each planet as a life coach to us. They are here teaching us something. And Mercury as our life coach, we, he rules our mind. Our thoughts, our conversations, our communication, our ideas, our contracts that we're signing, things that we're negotiating in our life. We literally as humans cannot do anything on this earth without communication or thought. And so we have to go back over these things on a regular basis, or we're just going to be saying things we don't mean, signing contracts that aren't in our best interest, coming up with ideas that aren't the best, because sometimes we have to go back and learn more to have even better ideas. And so Mercury retrogrades aren't that scary. What makes them kind of intimidating is the fact that Mercury also rules over technology and transportation because both of those things allow us to connect and communicate. Technology being a way in which we like message people and share ideas and transportation because that's how we get from one place to another to connect and communicate. So that's the part about Mercury's retrograde that Fs up our whole life is when 
our bike wheel falls off, our car runs out of gas, the plane, you know, gets delayed, all the things. So it is annoying because it deals with a big portion of our life, but it's three weeks. Like we can get through anything or put something on pause for three weeks. Absolutely. I feel like it's, it's, part of life is going through the ebbs and the flows, right? So Mercury retrograde is almost like going through that season of slowing down and reconnecting. Like you said, reassessing, like it's a beautiful time to go within. And we have to learn these lessons, right? And each retrograde is a lesson. Like in my retrograde journal, that's what I focus on is the lesson you're supposed to learn. So if we need like a really tangible, like example, this is what I explain it like. So imagine you live at your house and your friend lives three doors down from you. Right. And so your friend's like, Hey, come over, let's have a glass of wine. So you like rush out your door and you walk down the sidewalk to your friend's house. That's your first pass through, right? These are when the planets are forward motion. They're going on their path. They're doing the thing that they're doing. So you walk to your friend's house and you get to the end of her driveway and you're like, Oh my God, I forgot my cell phone. I forgot my cell phone. I got to go back to my house. As you go back to your house, you're crossing the same sidewalk again. That is your retrograde. And during your retrograde, during your walk back home, you are rethinking, oh my God, I rushed out of the house. I, I was you know, thinking about something else. I was talking to my spouse. Like I wasn't present in the moment and I left my phone. Had I just slowed down, I wouldn't have to retrograde all the way back. So you learned a lesson, right? You had to rethink about something and then you get back to your house, ending your retrograde, grab your phone and on your third pass through, on your third go round after the retrograde, we call this when a planet is direct in the sky, that's your chance to redo. Then you walk back to your friend's house and you're like, I'm not going to do that again. Next time I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. We learn the lesson. We make it to our friend's house. We have the glass of wine. The retrograde period is over. Yay, we move on in life. That's what it's essentially happening. <laughs> I love that example. Oh my God, you're so good at explaining in examples like that. That's awesome. It yeah. just helps, right? Like that's yeah, like absolutely. actually happening, but like energetically. Energetically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So now let's talk about a Saturn return. What is that? <laughs> Ooh, Saturn returns are really challenging. So like I mentioned, all the planets are life coaches to us, right? And so where Mercury is the life coach of our mind, of our communication, of our connection, Saturn is a little bit tougher of a cookie. Saturn, I consider our tough love dad. He is the parental energy of the planets. Um, they call him grandfather time because he's all about doing things slow and steady and building a solid foundation. We call him Lord Karma because just like your tough love dad, if you do the right thing, you're going to get rewarded. But if you do the wrong thing, you're probably going to get grounded and punished. That is the energy of Saturn. And his main goal as an energy towards us here on Earth is to help us grow, to mature, to take responsibility, to have inner authority and decision-making, to have structure and routine and strong commitments to the things that we love. He helps us implement boundaries, like all the things that like a tough love dad is going to teach you is the energy of Saturn. And so in our birth chart, we are born with Saturn in a specific zodiac sign in a specific area of our chart. And that's going to be an indication of the most challenging lessons we're going to have to experience. That's the way that we're going to grow through obstacles and lessons and these things that we're going to come across in the entirety of our life. So this is why we see a lot of people, they always have money issues because Saturn might be in their second house, or maybe they get married and divorced like three or four times because Saturn's in their relationship sector. And they're here to like learn to take maturity and responsibility and relationships by getting these challenges thrown at them. So Saturn is a tough cookie. And so he's in this place in the sky on the moment of your birth. And he visits each area, each zodiac sign in astronomy back to science Saturn will move around the entire sky through all 12 zodiac signs every 27 to 28 years. And in your chart, in your birth chart, that means Saturn has visited every single area of your life within the time of birth to about 27, 28 years old. And the first time Saturn goes around, he's, he's pretty relaxed, tough love dad. He's like, all right, I know you haven't had any experience here yet. I'll throw you some obstacles. Let's see. You can practice growing. This is why under the age of 30, it's okay to get a job. And if it doesn't work out, you can go back home to mama. If you decide to move across the country and it doesn't work out, you can move somewhere else, right? It doesn't seem so serious yet. Yeah. Until Saturn comes back to the place he was on the day of your birth and you enter into your Saturn return. And this is the energetic moment where Saturn's like, all right, 
we did a once go round, we're going to do a twice go round and it's not going to go so easy the second time around. So you get back to this moment where you're 28, 29, depending on exactly your chart, but around right before 30, where you get this pressure where you're like, oh my God, what am I doing in my life? How's my career? How's my relationships? Who do I want to be friends with? Like every single area of your life gets this annual kind of review, right? A 30 year review by Saturn. And you feel like it's time to step it up. And so most people will change dramatically in their Saturn return. It's a huge lesson learning period of your life where you're essentially growing from this immaturity to a full-fledged adult. Mm. You then go through your second Saturn return at about age 60. And we see a lot of people, I have a lot of clients at this age where they're like, I'm I'm done. Like I'm done with, I wanna do me. I wanna live my life. Like they just step and level up even more because they're going into retirement. They're done living for everyone else and they change their career, usually retirement, or they, you know, change their friends. They move across the world. Like it's just a level up moment. So I honor anyone going through their Saturn return, depending what Zodiac sign you're experiencing this in will also determine how challenging it is. Those of us who went through a Saturn return in Capricorn from 2018 to 2020 and in Aquarius from 2020 to 2023 had a rough go round. That was because the energy in the sky like was in mega pressure mode. So those people in the last six years, they had to go through it. Now, the next group is going through the Saturn return in Pisces, which I know is you, Joa, yeah, and many <laughs> probably of your friends who were born yeah. at a similar time frame. And it's a little easier because Pisces is an energy of compassion and empathy. So Saturn doesn't really get to be a an a-hole <laughs> because he's in this like Jesus-like energy. So his lessons have to come with compassion and self-love and it's just a little easier, but it's a big lesson on trust and faith and connecting with your spirituality. And so the lessons look a little different um, because it's really forcing those Saturn return and Pisces individuals to really kind of believe in something higher and greater than themselves, which is a challenge. So Absolutely. Saturn returns are tough. They're really, and we go through many different transits. We go through a Jupiter return, which is so amazing. Jupiter is my favorite planet and I'm not going to go on a tangent about that. Um, but Jupiter returns happen every 12 years and those are destined times to meet soulmates. Ooh. And, um, yeah, so it's, a, that's, and it's not just like romantic, um, you can meet soulmates in many ways, but you'll meet someone that will change the trajectory of your life around a Jupiter return. So that's insane. Ah, it's so cool. <laughs> um, my next question for you is cause I've been hearing about like Western astrology and Vedic astrology. So what's the difference between the two? So Vedic astrology uses the exact planetary placements. Um, it's a very ancient practice. It's practiced mostly in India, in um, Hinduism and Buddhist cultures. Um, it's just, it's a very, very ancient traditional way. And that type of astrology is very much passed down in a wisdom oriented manner from one usually guru to uh, to someone learning from them. So Vedic astrology, I feel like is, very sacred. And so I didn't feel super called to tap into that just because there's like more to it lineage wise and religious and culture wise, where I do more traditional modern astrology. And that kind of takes into account like where the energy in the sky is from our perspective on earth. It kind of takes in the perspective of us here on earth. Both of them are very valid. You can get amazing messages from a Vedic astrologer or a traditional astrologer. Um, I've had many clients come to me. I actually had a woman who, when she was born, she's Hindu. And when she was born, they do a birth chart reading for their children immediately. They give the parents a full birth chart analysis of the child. I, I focus on this too, parent and child astrology, because to be the best parent, you have to truly understand your child's soul. Um, but she came to me and I was like, listen, my reading is going to be very different. I practice a different technique, um, but she found so much value in it because there was still parts of her that she had questions or it didn't explain her fully. So just like with any, you know, industry, there's going to be different lenses and perspectives of how to go about it. And this is just the one that I've have past lives in knowing. And so it just, it's what comes natural to me. 
but mm. that's, that's really the difference. So most astrologers that you're going to see on YouTube or that you're following, you know, on social media, they're going to practice this modern traditional astrology approach. Mm, yeah. That definitely clears up some of the, the questions with that. Cause I was like, I wonder what the difference is between the two. I'm not too sure. So when I first started, like, so when I had my spiritual awakening and I realized I could channel astrology and I knew all this stuff, I had to verify it, right? I'm a Virgo. So I, that's when I started taking astrology courses and reading more in depth about astrology. And I followed a Vedic astrologer for quite some time, not realizing it was Vedic. And I, it made sense because we're still talking about Taurus being the same energy and Virgo being the same energy. But when she was talking about like a new moon in Virgo, I'm like, wait, but this person's saying it's a new moon in Leo and this person's saying it's a new moon in Virgo, who's right here? And it was just a perspective. So mm. you'll find one that resonates with you for sure. That's the most important part of this is finding what tools and things resonate with you because maybe somebody will find like astrology to be something that allows them to be more empowered and then somebody might not find it to be empowering. So it all just depends on what what the person's intention and like what what really works for them and their soul in this lifetime. Um, I was going to ask you another question. Oh, so if, okay, this, this one right here, this will be the last question that I asked. This one's really juicy, but let's say somebody is like bypassing with astrology kind of like, oh, it's just because I'm a this, I'm a Virgo or because I'm a that, like, that's why I act this way. And like, they don't go deeper beneath that. Do you have any, like any insight <laughs> on that? Cause I feel like that I can happen a lot. I love this question because I just recorded a TikTok. It's in my draft folder talking about this. Your <laughs> sun sign is not an excuse to be an asshole. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You cannot look deeper into your traumas or to your childhood or to like the, the shit that you're holding on to from your past. Like it should not be an excuse to be like, well, this is just how I am. So I'm just going to continue being like this, right? Like for instance, an Aquarius. Oh, I'm just an Aquarius. So I just don't honor my emotions. I'm just going to hold on to all this shit. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, first things first, when people use their sun sign as an excuse for their behavior, I'm like, that doesn't even make logical sense because your sun sign in your birth chart is a minor piece of the whole story. Like you have moon sign, you have a Mercury, you have a Venus, you have your Mars, you have your North node, you have asteroids, which are considered your wounds and your traumas you're meant to heal. Like you can't use your sun sign. If you came to me and said, oh, because I have this, 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 and this in my chart, that's why I'm an asshole. I'd be like, okay, I could see some validity in that. You have like 10 reasons why, <laughs> but your sun sign is such a minor component that I'm like, okay, that, that doesn't even make sense. And then secondly, for every energy, there is a positive and a shadow side. So for instance, I am a Virgo. So I'm going to use this example. I think it's totally valid. I can say it about myself, but Virgos tend to be perfectionists. And that energy comes with critiquing things, right? We can only improve things if we see the flaws in them. Otherwise, we just think they're already perfect. And so there's a lot of shadow energy in Virgo to critique and nag and be critical and to call out imperfections. And this can be a big shadow. But it can also be a major positive because we're able to create things more beautifully. We're able to organize things. We're able to make people's lives better but there gets a point when the shadow side becomes a negative, right? Where it like takes over us and we have a tendency to anxiety or what I call analysis paralysis because we're like, everything is wrong. So using your sun sign or anything in your chart as an excuse for negativity or not improving makes no sense to me because I'm like, you're just holding yourself back. Like you have a positive side to that exact same energy, but I don't fault anyone for that because you probably haven't done a birth chart reading yet. You haven't fully understood your chart, your soul's blueprint, your energy. And when I'm doing a chart reading, it's always going to come back to you having a better relationship with yourself. Why do you do that? Why do you default to that? How can you turn that around and make that a part of your, you know, growth story? Let's look at this you know, maybe your asteroid, your Chiron wound, your subconscious stuff, like maybe that's playing into this story you've created for yourself. And so it ends up becoming this beautiful experience through their reading where they're really like seeing themselves for who they truly are and not who the world tells them to be. Because even if someone's saying, oh, I'm a Virgo or um, I'm an Aquarius, right? I'm an Aquarius. I just have no emotions. I'm heartless. 
that's most likely coming from the fact that the people around you have told you you're heartless because of the way that you react or the way mm. that you respond. Oof. But the way that you respond as an Aquarius being detached is actually a beautiful reflection of how some other people are too maybe attached. need to become a little bit more detached. Ooh, powerful. Right? Like you are exemplifying what some other people actually need to start embodying yes. because maybe they are too emotional. Maybe they're too attached to everything in their life. Yeah. And so again, it's just your chart is you and your soul and who you're supposed to be, not who your mother wishes you would be, not who your boss tells you to be, not who your partner like desires you to be, but like, this is who you are and you got to own it and you got to work with it and you got to get to your North node. So like, let's get on it. Your North <laughs> node is your North star. It's what you're here to do. And I know it's uncomfortable. It's in a foreign part of your chart. It feels like a foreign land with a foreign language and cultures you don't understand, but we're going to get you there. <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful. I love all of that. I love, love, love all of that. That was really, really powerful. Um, I feel like I keep having like insights as you speak and then they just like, they kind of go away. Um, let's see, let me think it through. Mm. Oh, yes. So I feel like that what was clicking for me and what I was hearing is that, like you stated, these energies are going to have a shadow side. So that's where like shadow work is so important. So it's like mixing up what the chart is telling you, understanding your shadows from that chart. And then when those shadows do arise, honoring them, not pushing them away or not disempowering yourself, but just honoring the fact that this is your blueprint, this is a shadow that will arise. And when it does arise, are you fully equipped with the skills to learn how to navigate those shadow aspects of you, which is a lot of what I talk about through embodiment. It's like playing with your shadows, right? When they do arise, when these emotions arise, when these traumatic experiences that you've had that possibly came from your soul's purpose, which you can probably see it in your birth chart too. How are you actually navigating those shadows not pushing them away. So I feel like, oof, that just like clicked because it's like, let's look at the birth chart. Let's see what shadows are most prominent in my life. And let's actually be super aware of when those shadow aspects are coming and realizing like, hey, this is just part of my learning lesson. I don't need to submit to this program and continuously let it take over because what it's doing is just taking me back to my South node, not my North node, right? So yes. how, can I, how can I look at this, embody the shadow, play with it, work with it, learn from it, but continue on my path to what I'm actually here for? A hundred percent. And it, like you said, it's just energy. Like this is just energy. And your soul chose to come in and take your first breath with that placement with that sun sign, with that moon sign, with that Mercury, the way that you think that Mars placement, the way that you are going to take action in this lifetime, that Venus, how you want to be loved, how you want to be touched, how you want to like experience pleasure. Like you chose that. And there was a lesson in that for you to learn. And one of the biggest things like that may even help anyone listening right now. And when you work with your clients is in astrology, we're always looking at what we call our missing element. And there are a rare few people that have a full balance of all elements, but most of us have like a specific element in our birth chart that's missing or, or weaker. And that is the element that we have to work harder to actually like practice and bring into our life because we need all four to be in full balance. We need to have water. We need to feel our emotions. We need to go with the flow. We need to have air, meaning we need to think, we need to express, we need to speak our truth. We need to have earth. We have to be here on earth, like ground ourselves, go slow, go steady. And then we have to have fire, which is our passion and our creativity and like taking action and initiating things just based on a spark, not on the details. And so- we usually are missing one of those. Mine is fire. Like I have a hard time taking action and initiating things. I got to think on it. I got to sit on it. I got to wait on it. I got to cry on it a couple of times <laughs> and then I'll take the action, right? So like just understanding even just your missing element and working with that and seeing how that is affecting the overall quality of your life is so powerful as well. Yes, yes. My, miss my missing element is earth, which, oh my God, this just came through. Like, that's why I love to be in nature so much. When I'm in nature, I am my best self. When I'm grounding and put my feet on grass every single morning, if you follow me on Instagram, you see it. Like, I love to put my feet on grass. But one thing that has been recently really calling me is plant medicine. And there is a reason for that. I feel, because I've been like, I've been really navigating that. And I'm like, I feel like 
there's a reason why my soul is so connected to plant medicine. And it is because it is that earth element that I'm missing. And yes. it does like plant medicine always grounds me back. It always brings me, it, it's almost like my soul comes back into my body. <laughs> yep, exactly. Because in our birth chart, that's our soul, right? So you don't have earth in your soul. So you have to find earth exterior ah. to bring into you, right? So for me, it's fire. So I love warmth. Like I love warm blankets. I love sitting by a campfire. I sleep with a hot water bottle, even in the middle of summer in Florida. I like spicy foods. I like hot teas, even in the middle of summer. Like I have to bring in heat and fire into my life on a daily basis because it's not inside my soul. Mm, this is so beautiful. Yay. Okay. So obviously we can talk for forever here. <laughs> I have so many more questions, but we'll just, we'll wait for like maybe a different day, a different part. Um, but this was really, really good. Thank you so much for this. This was amazing. And I know that the listeners are probably like, holy wow, there's so much to take in. So if you are listening to this, just take some time to understand this a little bit better. And Mandy is a great, great mentor and person to have in your corner if you have any questions. So let them know where they can find you. I know you have a YouTube, your Instagram, your TikTok, you do birth chart readings. Let the, let the listeners know. So I am the relational astrologer. Um, so relational, not relationship, but relational astrologer on all platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Um, so you can follow me there. TikTok is more like quick knowledge. I like to focus a lot on the relationship stuff. So I have a new video I just posted about astrology and the dating process, how it shows up, what it looks like, um, compatibility kind of things. So TikTok's fun for me. YouTube is more my longer form videos where I do more of like the current astro weather, helping you understand what's going on today and now. So I do new moon, full moon and retrograde videos. As, as well as monthly overviews. And I will be putting up a lot more uh, like relationship content. So stay tuned for that. And then you can get a hold of me on TikTok or any of those platforms, um, the relational astrologer at Gmail, and we can book a birth chart reading for you. I always recommend starting with a full birth chart analysis. It's an hour and a half. We're going to dive deep. I'm going to record it because it's so much knowledge. And I also send you a 40 page PDF breaking down your entire chart and remembering your chart is an ongoing, ever ongoing lifetime experience. So you will never know your chart in its entirety. Plus there's always new things happening. There's now it's Saturn's going retrograde, then Jupiter's going retrograde. So I work with people, you know, on a regular basis, kind of helping them navigate, if, especially if you're going through a really transiting period in your life. Maybe you're leaving your job or you want to move somewhere or relationship is kind of rocky and you're just needing guidance, like for a short amount of time. I also do help like short-term guidance. Mm. I do compatibility readings, which are so much fun. That is my jam where I will look at your chart and the chart of someone else and help you better understand each other. I'm not going to tell you, oh, you're the perfect match. You're soulmates. Like this is energy. And I'm going to help you work with both of your energies the that. best way. Yeah. Um, and parents and children, it's, it's beautiful because you're able to see and understand your child before they can even express and speak it to you. And that's also why one parent energetically interacts with a child different than the other parent. Cause you may have different missing elements. You may have different parts of your chart that connect with the child in different ways. So when a parent finds out that maybe the mother has the same mercury, they take over most of the communication and the learning aspect. And then maybe the other parent has a North node where the child has to like grow and learn. And so they're like teaching the child, you know, how to be in future moments. So it's really cool, but Yes, you can find me on all those platforms. I'd be honored to help and guide you in any way possible. And thank you, Joa, for having me today. I Absolutely. know we can talk forever. And thank you for letting me read your chart officially, officially, even though I've done it before. Yeah, I know. I guess back then I'm like, my soul was not ready to like, not my soul, but like my mind was not taking it in. And we were, I was probably drunk when you were. It was fun. It was a good time. It was, but this time around, yeah, guys, like Mandy was amazing. I got so much like, so much wisdom. I'm still processing all of it, but it was really, really in depth. And it was a lot of fun to just understand myself on that deeper level. However, I will say one thing, like I did notice my ego, you got to remember, you got an ego, my ego starting to like attach so much to it and put me in this state of like suffering and victim mode. So just be very careful with like, when you go into this to be in a grounded state and to not allow it to take you into victim mode. I'm sure Mandy would do a really great job at holding you in that aspect. But just don't go into victim mode. This is a just empowerment tools. 
It doesn't mean that your life is going to fucking just crash and burn. Like this is just ways to work with energy. That's it. Learn um, the lesson and you'll be good to go. <laughs> that's it. It's like a, a guide. Hey, this is a lesson. Okay. Let me learn it. Cool. <laughs> um, and then last question for you, Mandy, this podcast name is I'm moving through it. And I feel like that is a statement that's so powerful and so vulnerable because as human beings, we're always moving through things. So I wanted to ask you in a space of vulnerability, what is something that you're moving through right now and overcoming in your life? Ooh, this is a good one. I'm so, I'm such an open book, you know, I'm on this ever going healing journey, but right now I'm really moving through stepping into my feminine. And I know a lot of people say that, but for me specifically, what that looks like is being able to be slow, talk slower, talk softer, even the way in which I'm like putting on my makeup, you know, like doing it in a, like before I'm a masculine energy. I just, I, I honor it. I think I've been fighting against it for so long, but like, I would just put my makeup on like as fast as I could, right? It's like a time, like race the timer. Or when I'm talking to someone, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, nope, you are going to tap back into the feminine flow and slow and calm. And so I'm really moving through that and trying to catch myself in those spaces because I'm not going to change the masculine. I fought so hard to like not be when I'm not going to change that. That's my gift. That's who I am. I, I hold space in that way. But that doesn't mean I can't embody the feminine. So I'm, I'm moving through honoring the masculine, but finding ways that feel really good and juicy to tap into the feminine. So uh, it's a balance out here. <laughs> absolutely. And as you honor the masculine more, that feminine will be able to come out more and flow and play and just be soft and nurturing. So plus you're a cancer moon. So it's like, it's in you. <laughs> yeah. I want to find that part of me. Like, right. <laughs> That's so beautiful, Mandy. Well, thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you so much for just all this wisdom and this knowledge. And you're just, oh, you're just such an amazing human being. And I'm, I'm so honored that I was able to bring you on to have my listeners hear this wisdom that you have. So thank you so much again. I love you. Thank you. It was such a vibe.